This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior god. I'm Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor and Mario. Connor, is there anyone in your life that you need to forgive? Wow. What a deep question. (laughs) I appreciate you bringing that up because there is someone, something, some corporation that I need to forgive. I've been wronged, warrior. I've been wronged. I know that many of you have been in a spot where you also have been wronged. So if you would allow me to share my story with you of how I've been wronged and just a little maybe update on where I'm at. This was in 2016, so it's been a few years. However, it's still as fresh in my mind as ever because when you've been wronged in the way that I have been wronged, it stays with you. I was just outside of El Paso and I was training up for a deployment. Me and my boys, we were starving. We were at this little camp, again, outside of El Paso. So we were out in the middle of the desert. There was like no restaurants around us. There was nothing. We were training for a deployment. So we had a lot of long days of working hard, gearing up for the next year of our life that would be overseas. And so me and, and several of my battle buddies, we were just saving up our money. You know, we saw some other people ordering food from restaurants that were pretty far away, but they would do delivery. One such restaurant was the Pizza Hut. So we saw some of our warrior pals, some of our battle buddies ordering Pizza Hut throughout like the month and a half that we were there at this camp. And we thought to ourselves, you know what? We're going to be financially conscious. Like we're not going to waste our money. We're going to eat what the army provides us, even though it's not that great. We're going to do it and we're going to enjoy it the best we can. But once this training period is over, once we get to the end of this like month and a half that we're here, right before we go overseas, before we leave the United States of America for at least nine months, we're going to order ourselves some Pizza Hut. We're going to feast. That was our plan. So again, after a long month and a half of grueling days, training for an overseas deployment with the United States Army, we had finally gotten to the point where we were done. We were looking at leaving. We were looking at going overseas, leaving our continental United States. And our last wish on our last night that we were there, boots on the ground in the United States of America, our plan was to order Pizza Hut. So we rally around me and the boys, we pool our money and we place an order. It was, it was a lot of pizza, all right, because we were about to feast. Again, please consider the context. I'm repeating myself because it's important. We were about to leave the United States for nine months. This was our last meal in America. Tomorrow morning, we are flying out and we want to patronize the Pizza Hut as our last good deed in the United States of America. So that's what we do. So we order this massive amount of pizza. I place the order on my phone and we wait. And I'm told it will be 45 minutes. No problem. We can wait for, I mean, we've waited a month and a half. Remember, we have seen different people order Pizza Hut. We have dreamed about this day because we were trying to be financially conscious, you know? So we're saving our money. We're like, man, at the end of this train up, we're going to feast. And that, again, this, this is what we were doing. Please consider where I was in this moment. So we're told 45 minutes. Again, we've waited a long time. We can wait 45 minutes. No problem. 45 minutes comes and goes. And the Pizza Hut has not sent a representative to my area. But again, that's not that weird, right? They tell you 45 minutes. Sometimes it takes 60 even. And I'm a patient person. I'm just trying to reflect the love of Jesus Christ to all that I come in contact with. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen, warrior? Amen. (laughs) Come on. So, you know, 45 minutes passes, no problem. 60 minutes passes. uh, Maybe one bead of sweat starts to form on my forehead. I start to get just a little bit nervous. Probably that 65, 70 minute mark. I'm starting to pace a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been there, warrior? You ever just been in a situation? You're like, I just need to move around a little bit. I got some nervous energy building up within me. I just got to start walking. So I start pacing and probably around that 
75, 80 minute mark, you know, they're, they're about 30, 40 minutes late at this point. I give them a call. So I give them a call and I call the same, very same number that I called to place the order and no one answers the phone. Now I'm starting to get very (laughs) nervous. Again, this is our last night in the United States of America. This is our final feast. And I call back the pizza hut to inquire about my pizza and no one answers the phone. I'm very nervous at this point. I don't even want to report back to the boys how the phone call went because I'm, I'm scared that, we're, that this base is going to become unoperational because of the poor morale of these poor warriors, these hungry warriors. So maybe, maybe just a few minutes after that, I call back again and somebody answers and they say hello. And I'm like, okay, this is my name. This was my order. This is my location. This is what's going on. Just trying to see if I can get an update on my pizzas. And they say, oh, absolutely. No problem, sir. Let me put you on a brief hold and we'll figure this out for you. And I say, Thank you so much. Thank you so much, sir. And I embrace the hold. 30 seconds goes by. A minute goes by. Five minutes goes by. 10 minutes goes by and I'm still on hold. And at this point, I'm getting angry. I would. I would too. That's for sure. Especially, I mean, you guys, like, I'm assuming you guys probably skipped dinner too. Of course we did. Thank you. That is a very important point to this story as well. We fasted. I enjoy fasting all day in preparation of an just a massive feast. And I enjoy like picturing the reward at the end of the day. And this Pizza Hut feast was supposed to be our reward again for our last night in America. So 15 minutes goes by. I'm still on hold and I hang up the phone and I'm very mad at this point. So I call back again and it's somebody else, different person. So I have to explain the whole story again. This is me. This is who I am. At this point, I'm like, I'm a soldier in the United States Army and I'm waiting on my pizza, (laughs) sir or ma'am. I don't even remember which one answered the phone the second time. And they say, you're their apologetic. Absolutely no problem. Let me transfer you to the store that placed that order. I'll put you on a brief hold. And I said, okay. And then as I was on hold, I was like, wait a minute. Transfer me to the store that placed the order. What are you, what are you talking about? This was the same number that I called to place the order. And I thought that that was weird. So five minutes goes by, 10 minutes goes by, 15 minutes goes by, and I'm still on hold. And now I am just steaming. The boys are clamoring <laughs> for an update. What is going on? Where is the Pizza Hut? so then 15 minutes goes by again i'm on hold i hang up the phone and i'm very frustrated at this point so i call back one final time and i'm like listen i am the general of the united states (laughs) army and i have placed an order of from the pizza hut expecting a delivery from the pizza hut and our boys are satiated our boys are struggling and the lady says sir this is a call center like how Pizza Hut works is you, when you place a call, this is like the Southwestern call center. And then we route your order to that store and then they will deliver it to you. The store that you placed an order from closed two hours ago. No. Oh my goodness. Absolute heartbreak. I don't know if you've ever had your heart broken, (laughs) but I have. And it was in that moment when the lady told me that my store had closed and we were not in fact getting our pizza that we had fasted for that we had hoped for that we had dreamed about that had the very thought of this pizza was our motivation to endure this difficult training that we went through a month long training right a month and a half a month and a half count those 2 weeks <laughs> sister come on and the pizza hut failed and they didn't deliver our pizza because of their stupid call center system and so from that moment forward, that was 2016. It has, it, right now it's 2021. Five years later. Been five years. I have not once patronized the Pizza Hut. And 
I will never do it again. <laughs> so we're going to talk about forgiveness today because I need to forgive. I've got some issues in my heart. Oh, speaking of which, we need to ask you for forgiveness because last night we ate a very delicious pizza from Pizza Hut. They're not even lying. Yeah. I am so amazing. upset. It, it was, the, it was, it was probably the best brother. pizza I've ever yes. had in my life. Well, I came here today and you told me that you actually <laughs> ate Pizza Hut. And that's not even the worst part. The worst part is for some reason you guys thought that you actually enjoyed it. Oh, for sure. It's delicious. Yes. Yeah. It was ready in less than 15 minutes and we were starving. It was like late at night and we, we had a long day. It was day. like almost 11 p.m. So, so that actually we, makes sense. So you were so hungry that even eating like a wood chip would have, <laughs> would have satisfied you. And in that moment, all you had was Pizza Hut. So it actually tasted good because you were so hungry. That makes sense. I mean, if you want to justify yourself, but. <laughs> if you work for Pizza Hut and you're listening, do better. Okay. Do better. So hopefully by the time we get to the end of this episode, Connor, you'll be willing to have a heart change. To we'll see. Pray for me. Pray for me for the next 10, 15 minutes, wherever we're going here. And then we'll check in with my heart at the end. <laughs> I can only imagine like you telling the other guys. It was almost like I had just walked into a kindergarten class, <laughs> gathered the children around, looked them in the face oh, and God. said, Santa Claus doesn't exist. <laughs> And then just walked out of the room. That's what it was like. It was just like that. Like I walked back into the room, you know, and their eyes kind of lit up like, all right, here's an update. Maybe our pizza. It's right around the corner. And then I said, boys, it's not coming. <laughs> the pizza hut failed us. And just that downcast, immediate sadness that overtook them was just like being told that Santa doesn't exist for the first time. Man. Probably worse. It was probably worse than that. I'm sure you was. Yeah, for sure. So did you, were you guys able to eat anything or did you have No, to because we waited so long and it was so late at night. Everything was closed. Our little base was so small. The dining hall was only open for like two hours during dinner. There was no other place that would deliver to our base. So we and I, we fat, I fasted all day to prepare for that. Good. I'll fast longer. Thanks, Jocko. Good. I'll fast for another 24 hours and then I'll fly to the Middle East and serve my country proudly on an empty stomach. So this is obviously, you know, a very deep and still fresh. Pray for me, fresh, warrior. Fresh Five warrior. years wasn't enough. Five years <laughs> wasn't enough. Uh, but here we are. This is our basic military training. We're going back to the basics on many topics. We've discussed sin and salvation. And today, obviously, we're talking about forgiveness, trying to get back to the basics of what it is and why it's good for us to practice forgiveness. But I want to ask you, why do you think forgiveness is something so difficult for us? It doesn't come naturally. It, it almost never does. But why is that? I don't know why it's so hard, but I think pride keeps us from doing things that will actually benefit us mm -hmm. that we don't even know about, like forgive. Forgiveness is something that will benefit us the most, even more than the person that we're forgiving on. The, in this case, Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think because you would be able to enjoy pizza way more bro. think about it like a delicious <laughs> way a delicious pizza you be able to fresh from the yes, oven for sure i am i'm open-minded to forgive them but never again <laughs> will i enjoy their product that is way too far that is such a stretch <laughs> i think it also maybe i mean i don't know what do you think about like justification the fact that something was wrong done to us and then all of a sudden we're told well you have to it almost seems like well you have to just let it go it, that's what it seems like i think at first yeah i think that's a good word and you because you said justification let's just quickly root this in the story of the bible mm -hmm. right so we believe god created a wonderful world for mankind to flourish and enjoy and dwell and abide in his presence and something went wrong sin happened there was a separation a fraction that was introduced because of mankind's disobedience. And because of that separation, we are now separated from God. Our relationship with God is fractured. Our relationship with each other is fractured. 
And even our relationship with creation is somehow itself fractured. But from that moment forward, then mankind is born with this just innate disobedience, this natural proclivity to disobey. And I think that that is what part of what makes forgiveness so hard is that this is rooted in us. Like we are just naturally disobedient people. We're naturally disobedient creatures. And we don't like to like unity is never going to come natural to humanity. And I think that's because of the fall. And praise be to God that we have a God who loves us so much that he didn't leave us in that mess. He didn't leave us fractured from him, but that he himself came, took on flesh as Jesus Christ, endured the judgment and punishment that we deserve for our sin on the cross. And he rose from the grave, ascended into heaven, proving that the check was cleared, proving that he took all of our sin onto himself. And he now sits at the right hand of God, promising to one day come again and restore all things. So in that sense, like I do think that, that we are just naturally disobedient creatures. I think unity and peace and harmony are never going to come naturally to us. Those are things we have to fight for. Those are things we have to be disciplined about because of where we fall within this grand story. Also related to the story of the Bible that you just said, I think that is a perfect example of uh, forgiveness because God is willing to give us this opportunity to be forgiven from sin. And I think that's amazing. It, it's a proof of love, right? And it's definitely something that we recognize that God, he's always willing to forgive us. And we just need to take the first step. That'll preach, bro. Yeah. So if we're forgiven by God through the blood of Jesus Christ, then that would mean as Christians, it would be imperative for us to also forgive, right? Absolutely. I was reading this book and it's called um, How to Forgive When You Don't Feel Like It. But it says something very interesting. It says, forgiveness is more powerful than overwhelming pain. And it's actually pretty interesting. Hmm. But it doesn't seem like that. It's not something easy, mm -hmm. but it's actually some really powerful tool that we can use when we are willing to. Hmm. So hmm. if we're going to understand forgiveness, then let's define it. How would we define forgiveness so that we would be able to use that tool? Because I think if we're going to practice forgiveness, we would need to understand what it means. Great question, Elizabeth. Great question. Let me reference an article from Andrea Thom. This is from an article she wrote last year on the Gospel Coalition website. And this is what she wrote. Forgiveness applies to major offenses that require discussion in order for a resolution to occur. So maybe forgiveness is the process of achieving resolution to an offense. She goes on, though, to write, it does not mean forgetting or excusing egregious acts. It does not insist that reconciliation be immediate or return to its previous form. It does not remove any legal consequences that may apply. However, it does cost us deeply because through it, we choose to lay down our right to have our offender owe us. It asks us to extend love and kindness even when it's undeserved, to trust God, to avenge our situation instead of ourselves, and to use life's conflicts as opportunities to display God's character. I think it's very helpful for us to understand um, what forgiveness actually means. It's a lot of work. It's a painful process, maybe. Mm -hmm. A lot of digging to do. But we take great results out of it. Yeah. And I think, Elizabeth, you brought this up, I think, even before the show, just maybe the difference of between how the world might view forgiveness and how like biblically, we might define this word. And, and I think that I want to bring this up because one, I think it's a great question too. I think we've talked about this a bit, this idea of like, of feelings, the role of feelings. I think that the, the general kind of apart from scripture, general understanding of forgiveness would be very feelings based. Mm -hmm. I feel happy towards you again. So I forgive you, or I feel like I can love you again. So I forgive you. 
Whereas I think rooted in, in scripture, I think we can look at different situations and say, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be disciplined about achieving resolution in this situation, but I don't feel happy about it. I don't feel like I want to forgive you, but I know that because I am forgiven, because Christ has forgiven my offense, I am free then to forgive your offense and I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work hard and be disciplined to reach that resolution, even when I don't feel like it. To Mario's point, like there's power in forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And so I think we ourselves can find some healing as we are intentional and disciplined about cultivating resolution in the face of offense, in the face of conflict. I think that can bring healing to us. And I think that certainly brings healing to other people, which is absolutely the better way to live. That absolutely brings flourishing to more people. Going back to the the point of like how the world may look at forgiveness, it's all about feelings and how we feel versus how we how we view it through the lens of scripture. This is a little excerpt from the back of the book that Mario was reading when it's uh, that's called how to forgive when you don't feel like it. It says when someone hurts us, our natural response is to strike back rather than to forgive. We want to return the pain and suffering to the other person rather than let go. We cling to our rocks of resentment, our boulders of bitterness, and the result is that we struggle with the weight of grievances, all because we find it too hard to forgive. So I've heard it said before that when you choose to live in unforgiveness, it's like you're letting that anger and resentment live rent-free in your head and it's sucking away all your energy so you don't have time for anything else beneficial. Yes, Elizabeth, I think you're right. I think I think certainly harboring bitterness is destructive to our own souls. Um, and certainly we want to be sensitive to, like we want to pastorally be sensitive to anybody who has experienced hurt and has been wronged and has experienced an offense against them because it's not easy to forgive, especially in really difficult situations. It's certainly not easy. The invitation of God, though, would be to find peace, to find sanity, to find rest from this bitterness, to find rest from the desire to retaliate, or to find rest from the weight, release from the burden that you're carrying in Christ, in Christ. That's the invitation of Christ. Do you want to take a look at what Jesus says about forgiveness in uh, Matthew 18? That would certainly be ideal. Okay. So this is Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. 
Whoa, that's pretty deep. <laughs> it's a deep. It's a heavy story. Yes, but for sure. What we have here is the gospel. What we have here is us. We're confronted with a mirror in this passage. So we have a man who is in a massive amount of debt. Millions of dollars is how the NLT translates that verse 24. Millions of dollars, massive debt. He goes to the king and says, King, please forgive me. I'm in so much debt. I cannot overcome this debt on my own. It would be impossible. Please forgive me. And the king says, go, you are forgiven. And then that same man is owed a much smaller amount by somebody else. And he goes to him and he grabs him by the neck and says, give me my money. You owe me. I want to retaliate against you. And in this is the gospel. We are that man. We are the man who is forgiven by the king. Our sin is the debt that we cannot pay. We cannot pay. We are in millions of dollars worth of sin debt that we cannot pay on our own. And King Jesus so graciously forgives us. And we see in this story, like, man, this man is so foolish. Like after he's forgiven a million dollars, how could he go and try to collect a thousand? What is he doing? He's so foolish. And that's us. That's us. We are so foolish. How could we be so foolish when King Jesus forgives us from this insurmountable debt? And yet we go around and we harbor bitterness towards others and, and we refuse to forgive others. We refuse to extend that same love and mercy and grace that Christ himself has shown us to other people. So this is the invitation of God is to recognize the, the immense kindness and grace and forgiveness that he has shown us, that God has shown me. And the invitation then is to reflect that love, to be his representative, to be his ambassador to the world, to reflect that love and kindness and mercy and forgiveness to all whom we'd come in contact with. That is the invitation of God. And that is the importance of forgiveness. However, we would like to say one last note on this topic that if you are in an abusive situation, if you have been severely wronged by somebody, if you are in a marriage that seems impossible to fix, that it just feels impossible for you to even consider forgiving your spouse, we would encourage you to seek outside help. That's a great part of this process. We don't want to say that forgiveness has to be this light switch that you flip and then things are good because Christ has forgiven you, flip that switch and just sit in your difficult situation Absolutely not. This is a process. And again, that's why we tried to say that it takes discipline. It takes work to work towards this restoration process and counseling and outside help, seeking the help of your pastor, seeking the help of a professional counselor, of a professional psychologist. Those are all helpful tools in this process of seeking restoration. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making Him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministries' mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ. <laughs>